You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Um, Ole Miss kind of let that slip away, didn't they? Um, anyway, hi, I'm Stephen Willis from the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast, here for your postcast. Georgia, a 62-58 to winner over the Ole Miss Rebels. It was a game to where Ole Miss could have taken the lead at about a minute to go with six-foot jump shots that Amari Abram usually makes. They weren't able to do that. Georgia goes down to the other end, hits a three. The game is over, and it kind of is what it is. Um, Amari Abram, though, makes this team better. And if you can take away all of this season on this team and just look at this game. This game was an actual fun game. Um, 20 lead changes. It goes back and forth. Two hard-fought defensive teams. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, it, it it's at the point, I think, where it's pretty over. Uh, I don't know if there's any way that they can come back because they would have to finish 10-3, and three and I, I – I don't, I don't, I don't know um, how they can get there, but if you look at this game, Amari Abram actually played quite well. Um, Matthew Morrell did hit a couple of threes, but his outside shot is still um, an issue. Um, Javius McKinnis, decent game, blocking shots. He was a force under the rim, although you know his plus minus was at minus four. The um, Amari Abram was actually plus 12 in this game. TJ Caldwell, minus 13. Miles Burns, minus 11. I love Miles Burns, but, I mean, the number kind of speaks for itself. He ended up with six points. Morrell had 13. Abram had 12. Brakefield had seven. Plenty of hustle around the floor. I have no complaints, really, um, with Brakefield. Ty Fagan. As always, you know, one real game where he was like a microwave, but he can't reproduce that kind of effort. I mean, it was just difficult. You had, like, Matthew Morrell playing 37 minutes, Mari Abram playing 30, Jamin Brakefield 25, um, even Miles Burns, who did play 22. But the big thing that sticks out was the plus 12 and the plus minus for Amari Abram and the minus 13 and minus 11 for TJ Caldwell and Miles Burns. That's how it stands out for them. They actually shot the ball fairly well. They weren't relying on the three-point shot. Um, Well, the reason they weren't relying is because they weren't making it. They were three for 19. But they shot 42% um, from two-point range, which is kind of new. Um. James McDonald says, this is a complete different team since the loss to Oklahoma. And, and, and that is absolutely the case. Um, I spoke with Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas has a theory that weightlifting might be um, problematic for this team shooting the ball. Because they can't shoot the ball. They can't score the ball. And you have somebody that is a good shooter like Morrell not able to put the ball in. And it's like, why is that happening? Why is that going on? Because other teams and other places – they can score the ball relatively easy. At Ole Miss, they just struggle so much. Defensively, this team is good. There's some athletes all over the floor. But if they need a basket, they can't make it. They don't have the confidence to make it for whatever reason. Like I said, Amari Abram 
makes them better as a starter. I, I, I think he has a chance to develop as the season goes on, however it's going to go. The scoring deserts, though, will not go away. This is going to be the fact of life for the next two and a half months until the SEC tournament when they go out probably on a Tuesday. It just kind of is what it is. But this is a big loss for Ole Miss. And the reason this was big was because of what it means and how it got there. Ole Miss should have won this game. Georgia didn't win this game. Ole Miss lost this game. And I know you can point to all these other games, but whenever they play teams that were ranked and everything, it didn't look like this game. This looked like a fairly evenly matched game. And at the end, Georgia made shots and made plays, and we did not. That was the difference in this ballgame. Um, Bradley Voyle says we need a new coach that, um, an offensive mind. I like Kermit, but we need a new coach. Michael Speck says we have guys that have, have left that are scoring very well. It's, it's time to move on. Yeah. It's got to the point. We've all talked about this with each amounting loss. The weight goes up. Eventually it becomes too much to lift. And once it becomes too much to lift, it's essentially over. And Right now, this is this was a game that Ole Miss should have won. Now, I mean, we can talk about the line. Ole Miss was favored by six and a half at tip. I, I I don't I don't understand how they got there, but this is a game that Ole Miss should have won. If you watch this game, Ole Miss should have won this game. Ole Miss did not make plays at all. To win the game. The last two minutes of the game was a clown show. And not fouling whenever you had fouls to give and playing that last possession and then not getting the rebound that you have to get. People say all the time that two things that don't, there aren't really affected by talent is defense and rebounding. Okay, defense and rebounding. That's all effort. That's all want to. With six seconds to go in the game, and you're letting somebody in between three of your players get an offensive rebound on a three-point shot, that can't happen. That's a rebound you have to get. The ball at least needs to be going in the air with a chance for Ole Miss to tie. Instead, Georgia got the rebound, passed it out. Okendo made a couple of free throws, ended up a four-point game. Ball game. It's over. But it is what it is. I mean, with a minute left to go in the game, you know, two shots within six feet up. And they're shots that Abram normally makes. Neither one of them went in. Georgia got the rebound. They hit a three. It was essentially ball game at that point. In a lot of ways, this is the same game that we've watched consistently over the last month. Consistently. And they just can't score the basketball. And that is going to lead potentially to a change. Jacob Holliday says, I need baseball season. And yes, he is absolutely correct. Baseball season's about a month away. 
Um, but until it happens, we have transfer portal season. And I can either beat a dead horse, talking about transfer por- our um, basketball stuff, or we can we can talk a little um, football as well with the transfer portal and um, what's going on. What is happening this weekend? What's the things that make you are making you excited? I'll tell you what. I went to um, an estate sale with my wife this morning in Plant City, and those things are never not sad. I mean, it's terribly sad. I just I hate going in there and rummaging through them. You know that song by Sammy Kershaw, Yard Sale. Um, that that's the feeling that it put off. You know, a little George Jones Grand Tour feeling. Then that's the way that kind of felt. Um, but I did get back in time to see this game. It was a fun game. If you take this game as it's on and not a part of the larger season, which I know is impossible, but if you just look at this game, it was a relatively fun game. Ole Miss just did, did not make plays at the end of the game. Michael Speck says, let's pretend basketball season ended. Michael, yeah, I mean, at, at a certain point, it, it kind of has, isn't it? There was like 17 people at that game. I mean, you just look at a crowd shot and everything. It was just blue seats everywhere. I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, I see what Kermit was trying to do with the construction of this roster. It just failed. And we can argue over and over whether or not a path to success was really there. But... It didn't work. And at the end, I mean, that's probably going to cost Kermit his job. Jacob Holloway says, Tysheem Young transferring is disappointing. Yes, Jacob. We talked about that yesterday on the live stream. All of those Northeast guys are on the table to transfer. Those are major Partridge guys. They're here for Partridge. If we can hold on to them, that's that's good. But there's a chance that all of them could go in the portal. A New Jersey kid, a Philadelphia kid, people from that area, they don't have ties for Oxford, Mississippi. And if they have a chance to press the NIL button, they're going to take it. And we'll see what happens. Now, there's a picture I saw circulating of Ole Miss eating... You know, there was there was a big staff dinner or something, and Pete Golding was actually at the table. You see Pete Golding. I think Walker Howard was there as well. Uh, Michael Speck says, why would you go to the game? The pavilion is awesome, but the product is is bad. And the product is, is, is really bad. I One thing that gets me, I love defensive basketball. I love Miles Burns because I loved Jason Harrison. That that is That is my comp for him. And that was a way for me to be nostalgic about 1995-1996 Ole Miss basketball. Keith Carter, Mike White, and those guys against Kentucky. That That's what um, I like to see. That's, that's honestly a style of basketball I enjoy because that's the one period of Ole Miss basketball where Ole Miss was pretty good. So, the difference between that team and this team Matthew Morrell is at a downgrade from Keith Carter. The inside players, Jamin Brakefield and all that, there's not an Anthony Boone on that team. 
And at point guard, there's a problem. There's no Mike White. That's the difference between that group and this group. Same style of basketball. This is what they tried to put together. But if you look at what was actually happening on the floor, this product is inferior to that product. And not being able to score the basketball, like I said, it was always a problem to where this team can look like the end of the Rod Barnes era instead of the beginning of the Rod Barnes era. Just kind of is what it is. Um, I'll be interested to see if anything comes out in the next 24 to 48 hours about Walker Howard. I think Walker Howard is wanting to make a decision by the end of the transfer window. And, you know, a lot of people say that things are going fairly well, but I think I put it out on Friday's show. Remember, the coverage of the transfer portal is going to be inaccurate from everybody. When you look at somebody like Steve Wiltfong, like I said, he's 95% on high school players, but he's about 50 or 60 on transfer portal players. Why is that? Well, that is because not as many people know about what's going on. The circle is smaller. This time limit is shorter, so there's no time for that circle to grow. And you don't really know who, who is the gatekeeper, who knows what's going on, because the kid might not be talking. If you talk to this person and he has stuff, does he really know what he's talking about? That is the problem with the transfer portal. I'm not complaining about it, though. Um... I enjoy the chaos and I like it. So we'll see what happens and how it comes out with Walker Howard as this weekend ends. It, one thing's for certain. One thing is absolutely for certain. If Ole Miss can land Walker Howard, that is a win and that is an upgrade over what would have been Marcel Reed. And I like Marcel Reed. If you've watched the show, you know how much I thought of him. Walker Howard would upgrade that position. He's a four-for-four four player transferring in. He's coming off of a red shirt. So he comes in, backs up, takes over, and we're going. He's also would be another top 50 player added to the skill room. Talent acquisition is, is going really well. Saints fan um, DA says, when did this start making Keith look bad? And it, it doesn't because he can't just pull the trigger now. He just, it, it, just wait until February, and February decision will be made. I think the decision's already been made. But it doesn't necessarily benefit you to pull the plug now because this season is not being salvaged. I mean, you're talking about whether or not you're going to play on Tuesday or not is the ceiling of this team. Um, Michael Speck says, we can still have the post game, but we can talk about football and baseball. Yeah, I'm here to talk about football if y'all want to as well because – Honestly, I've talked about that same basketball game about eight times in a row at this point. It's a little bit annoying. Um, Colorado is making good progress in the transfer portal and FSU. Yes. Okay. This is what people need to understand about the transfer portal. They went into this season assuming it was going to be the same as last season. But that is not going to be the case. You have different players going in. You have different needs on your team. All of that stuff. Staff changes. All of that will affect the transfer portal. It wasn't going to be the same. Colorado is a completely fresh start. Yes, they're going to make a ton of progress. 
FSU is going to make a ton of progress because honestly, they're close to Clemson at this point. At this point, I um even with the hiring of Garrett Riley at Clemson, I'm more apt to say Clemson is more likely to win the ACC than less likely, even after that hire. Um, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I think Kate Klubnick is a good quarterback, but I, I kind of like that FSU team right now, and they're doing some work in the portal. But Ole Miss would be doing some work in the portal as well. Now, this is one thing that everybody needs to understand, okay? All of this came together late in the portal cycle. That's the reason we're not seeing stuff defensively is because Pete Golding would take a different player than Chris Partridge would. It's, it's all about system fit, and they know what they want. So, now they announced Pete Golding. You know, you could absolutely um, announce Pete Golding, but you, he's not officially hired for like 10 days, I don't think. Um, because... Maybe he gets in there and they hire him and they're going to move it around after the fact, but they have to post that job for 10 days according to the Mississippi um, state law. So to get that in and get this announcement and get this leaked, and I honestly think this got leaked to Chris Lowe so that people that might be interested in what's going on can get in the portal before Wednesday. Because the portal Wednesday does not determine the end. It just is the deadline for getting into the portal. You still have the ability to go on through and do what you need to do. But getting into the portal, you need to get there. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Like I said, there's a chance. I, I, I'm really, really excited about the potential of Walker Howard. Um, Saints fan DA. Um, chances Golden can bring Jaheim Otis with him. I don't know if players are going to come with him. I, I, ju I just don't know. Especially somebody that's starting at Alabama at nose guard as a true freshman. I just I don't know if he's going anywhere. Now, Ole Miss has Josh Harris and Xavion Harris in that same position. They're, they're fine there either way, but you're right. Jaheim Otis is a really good player. Um, Bradley Voyle says, will Pete Golding bring players with him? I do not know. Um, keep an eye on the transfer portal and people going in over the next 96 hours. People that go in at the last moment. Um, that'll give you a clue. It, it'll be interesting to see. All I know is um, Centarian Perkins, which, yes, that's how you pronounce his name. I literally asked him um, how to pronounce it. And he's got to be over the moon right now. Because he chose Ole Miss. He wanted to go to Ole Miss. And he liked Wayne Kiffin and everything that was going on about that. Doing something new. All of that stuff worked for Centarian. But he also really liked Pete Golding. And Pete Golding recruited the hell out of him. And you just have to think that yesterday, he, he, he had a pretty good day. He had a really good day. Now, the real interesting thing, you know, Somebody like Pete Golding, he's a Mississippi-Louisiana guy, recruiter for Alabama. If Walker Howard's here, and he is, I think there's photographic evidence of it. I think Pete Golden helped recruit him when he was in Lafayette, when he was being recruited by LSU in Alabama, whenever the, he was going through that. I think Pete Golden, there's a relationship there. So, 
So we will see exactly how this goes. I, I, I'm okay. We're going to do a deadline day stream Wednesday. SEC After Dark will be at that Wednesday night as well. So you can catch that. Um, and we're going to talk about the transfer portal. But, you know, we're obviously going to pay a lot of attention to exactly where Ole Miss sits. Now, remember, this is something else that you need to keep an eye on that you might not be keeping an eye on right now. Just like I said, the transfer portal window ending is for entering the transfer portal. You can go to commit to a school after that. But some schools are already in their drop-ed period. There's not many people that are um, that have the flexibility to go much longer than the transfer portal window. Ole Miss can go to February 1st or 2nd. So know that as well. What about Brian Brown? Are they bringing him back? He's a good coach. Um, he's from my hometown, Corinth, Mississippi. Uh, hey, it's up there by Tom Vanderford, too. Um, I, I'll put it to you like this. On Brian Brown, I don't know if I believe it. If somebody's a defensive coordinator of a Power 5 school, and Cincinnati next year will be a Power 5 school in the Big 12. Um, I don't know if he's going to put a wrench in that, potentially. He's with Scott Satterfield. Everything's working with Cincinnati. I mean, that would be a really great hire to get Pete Golding. You know, you get B. Brown. You give him a co-defensive coordinator. You put their heads together, and you probably have a team that is very opportunistic on defense because B. Brown's teams always are. They're extremely well coached on the, at the corner position. And you have Pete Golding, which, honestly, he's just really good. And uh, the defense would have a chance to be great, but I just don't think if Brian Brown is going to come back. I think the only way he comes back is as the head man. I, I think he's reached that point, which is weird because B was here whenever I first started at Ole Miss. And I was doing, as a student videographer in 2004, um, I, I was there, I watched that game against Tennessee where he picked sixth, the quarterback. I think that was, was that Eric Ainge? Who was that? I forget the guy. Um, but yeah, he took it to the house and um, Tennessee was able to get the victory that night, but we'll see what's up. But kind of is what it is. I don't know if I believe it, Bradley, just say the point. That feels like conjecture. Uh, Michael Speck says, anybody not watching SEC After Dark is missing out. It, we, we do have a good time on SEC After Dark. We really do. Um, I'm on there with Corey Burton from Believe in Georgia Dogs, Jake Thomas from Tide Talk Live, and Jeb Beecham, who's a Tennessee fan, um, but he's not like on any other podcasts. Um, and we just kind of go around the league and shoot it back and forth. We have, we have a good time. Jaheim Singletary would be a good get, in my opinion. Yes, he popped into the um, portal not too long ago. He's a former five-star from Georgia. And Georgia is basically, after their two national championships, that people are going to test the portal. They have, they have five stars that are going in there, and people are thinking of what they can do. Ole Miss went down that road with Otis Reese a couple of years ago. Otis Reese was a top 60, 70 player in the country, ended up coming to Ole Miss. Um, any other questions out there before we get out of here today? 
Of course, if anybody commits, if it pops, we'll we'll try to do another live stream um, for it. And we'll see exactly how that goes. Um, also, we did the thing with Pete Golding. Fantastic. I love that hire. I will always love that hire. That is fantastic. Now we just need to get the fit to that system as good as possible for next year. This team is slowly starting to be built for 2024. Um, before I get out of here, Bradley, um, I think Walker Howard's here, and there's an offensive lineman from UAB. I think those are the two that are out right now. Um, we'll see exactly how it goes. There's a lot of interior offensive linemen being recruited by this staff, and that, that makes me wonder if they're basically they're working on center guard and guard. And they're going to find the best three. That, that, that's what I think is going on there. Anyway, Ole Miss a 62-58 to 58 loser to the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, like I said, if something comes up, I will live stream. I will be doing a show on Monday. It'll be, hey, what does the defensive line look like with Pete Golding as the defensive coordinator? And then you'll, you'll get a what does the linebacker room. We're about to Pete Golding this to death. Um, we'll see exactly how that goes, and should be a lot of fun. Anyway, we'll catch you later. See you, see you later.